What's going on, right? Welcome back to the Final Pick Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host inside of me. What's up, guys? It's Van. And we got another new podcast coming for you guys. A lot of news this week involving some coaching. We got the Brooklyn Nets going to stick with Jock Vaughn as their head coach, not going the route of Amidoka, as we kind of heard last week might be the route they're going. And we also saw the Colts make a very surprising coaching change firing Frank Reich and hiring Jeff Saturday, of all people. Uh, because we are going to have a very NFL-centric uh, podcast, we're going to go ahead and start off with the quick little NBA news. Uh, Jack Vaughn is going to be the head coach. Uh, they didn't say he got signed or hired. They just named him as head coach. Don't know if that potentially means anything down the line. But Jack Vaughn will be the head coach for the foreseeable future. And also, we'll tie in a little bit because it's Brooklyn that's related, but we did talk about last week that Kyrie Irving did get suspended for basically not apologizing, basically not owning up to uh, the stuff he said, and he got suspended. And the Nets, I don't have a list of it, but they put basically five or six stuff, things he has to do in order to basically be reinstated with the organization going forward. But Jack Vaughn, head coach the rest of the season, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it, it was to me. It's probably either one of two things. Um, either the players reached out to the GM and said they really like Jack Vaughn, uh, which is a possibility, or they kind of just wanted to stay out of the drama, which they've been involved quite a bit in the last few weeks with Kyrie, with uh, Ben Simmons. He's always got something, and uh, with Josh, the Josh Primo signing. Um, it seems like they just had a lot going on. So I feel like this was either that or it was players reaching out saying they actually wanted him to stay that coach. I don't know why you mentioned Josh Primo in all this, but uh, I think it's more the fact that it's midseason. More likely than not, you're not going to be getting a head coach out of nowhere. I guess they could have gone with um, somebody like Quinn Snyder as their head coach. But I'm Yudoka. Don't get involved with Doka stuff. There's a reason the Celtics have him suspended. There's a reason that they were going to be fine if he just went over there. So stay out of that. I mean, you have enough drama going on. And, I'm, and is not the answer to fixing all that drama. And, I mean, Jack Fawn, I mean, I think he's a guy that the players will respect, at least hopefully more than Steve Nash. I saw that there was like a report today talking about how – in one game, Kyrie Irving like called off ten plays. Steve Nash called, uh, just completely ignoring him. Obviously, there was some type of not level of respect, or maybe Kyrie just kind of started zoning out. We know he seemed to kind of zone out their last game, but there's just a lot going on for the Nets. I'm very curious. I mean, they obviously have the talent. I'm very curious just what the rest of the season is going to look like. We mentioned last episode, like I I still have the concerns of how. Locked in, Katie's going to be with the future of this team. Ben Simmons, I mean, they kind of played him off the bench last game. I don't know if it's going to be a full-time thing or just come back from injury type thing. The whole Kyrie Irving stuff. I mean, there's just so much going on, a lot for interim head coach like Jock Vaughn to try to put together. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on. But, I mean, congrats to Jack Vaughn. And let's see uh, how long we can go without any type of drama with Nets. My over-under for that will be one week. Yeah, so I, I think it was probably more of a – you're probably right on that. Am, am I tripping on the Josh Primo stuff? Did they not sign him? No, absolutely not. 
okay, what am I? I heard like three different sources they put in the chat. So I, I stay getting messed with. I need to start going into more reliable sources. I swear they signed him. That's my fault. No, so no, uh, no NBA team is going to be interacting with Josh Primo. For that's I, that's what I that's what I thought, but I I like saw. I guess it was fake news. Obviously, was, and I just wasn't surprised the Nets would be the one that would do it. So no. I was like, I, I guess I just took it. So that's my fault. That was a, a, a shit ass source. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's really all of the much going on for the NBA. There's not too much going on. There's a lot of teams really underperforming this year. Um, but, I mean, it's early in the season. You always kind of keep a 28 bookmark, benchmark for teams because, I mean, there's just so many teams that you kind of expect to be true contenders or make a strong playoff push to have a good, like the Brooklyn Nets, for example, the Golden State Warriors have been slow. You have a bunch of teams that start off slow. But there are some teams that are surprising. You know, the Utah Jazz look really good. Uh, for example, and they're supposed to be like the front runners for Victor Wamiyama. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I wouldn't be too worried or too concerned about teams until about the 20 game yeah. bookmark of the season. Yeah, none, none of this stuff means anything right now, but it, it is impressive what some of these teams are doing. There is also a bunch of good teams that are just aren't doing good. So I'm, I'm sure all that stuff will, will change up, but it is a very weird NBA season so far. Yeah, except, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks look unbeatable. Without Chris Middleton to mention, that's it's pretty bad. Yeah, hey, we can go on and move on to the NFL. I know you're probably been waiting for this, and I mean, yes. Why, why do you think I've been waiting for it? I just knowing you, you know. But we can start back. We can go back two, three weeks ago. The Indianapolis Colts benched Matt Ryan for a six-round uh, second-year player, Sam Ellinger. A week later, they fired the offense coordinator, Marcus Brady. And then a week later, all this happened on a Monday, by the way. And then a week later, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, got fired. It looks like you're about to sneeze, so bless you. But uh, Frank Reich got fired as head coach. He's the second head coach this season to be fired. The only other head coach to be fired so far is Matt Rule. And, I mean, I definitely have some thoughts. In case no, I, think, I think there will be another one very soon. I disagree um i will say that i do definitely have some thoughts if you guys aren't aware i am a colts fan so i definitely do have thoughts on this whole thing uh and jeff saturday was hired as the interim head coach which definitely was very shocking just to any and everyone and the one other head coach that could maybe see getting fired just because you brought it up soon would be Ron rivera but i think they have enough respect for him not to fire him until the end of the season that's really the only other guy that I can see. But you have another. The guy I see is Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he gets fired. I do. Before the end of the season. I, I think if they continue to lose, like let's say, what are they right now? Three and six? Uh, is the record that bad? It, it's bad. Uh, it's three and six or I don't think it's four and five. I think they were three and five last week. They lost to the Seahawks. I think they're three and six. That's not a team that should be three and six. Cliff Kingsbury is not the answer. So if he doesn't get fired before the end of the season, that might just be like I. If they continue to lose, there's a reason to. If they don't, if they continue to be that mid-tier team, they might as well just wait to the end of the season. But he, I, I would almost guarantee if they continue on this type of pace, he will not be there next year. I was not very high on the Cardinals uh, to be in the season, anyways. I mean, I wasn't someone who thought they're going to make the playoffs. But kind of going back to the Colts, I mean, 
the one thing I'll say is I totally understand Frank Reich being on the hot seat. I mean, when you look back at the Colts, they start off every single season slow. They have not won week one Ooh. since 2013, I believe it is. And they start off slow. I mean, just think of back when they entered up and they made the playoffs, they still start the season off like one and five. Uh, last year, they started off the season one and four. It's like that, trying to make a huge playoff push. It was too short. But you're starting off the season so slow. There's some stuff, like, I feel like there's sometimes he's a bit too stubborn on some situations. Uh, maybe not adapted to the NFL offices of today. He's kind of still, like, maybe a few years ago. But at the same time, he's dealt with a different starting QB every single season of his career. He's okay. never had it's his choice, though. It's not, not a thing like not yes, it was. Carson Wentz was his choice. Carson Wentz was 100% his choice. Exactly. And then the year but, later, they're like, yeah, this guy's not it. Him and Ballard both said that. And then they went and got Matt Ryan, which I guarantee was a mutual decision because it wasn't a bad decision. No one thought it was. But Frank Reich isn't the one getting the QBs, right? He's I mean, sure he has influence, but he's not the one doing it. He had Andrew Luck. He came to the Indianapolis Colts to yeah. coach Andrew Luck. He retires. They actually Jacoby Brissett. He's not any good. He leaves. They bring, they get Philip Rivers, and he plays pretty well for them. They go eleven and five. They make the playoffs. Philip Rivers wanted to come back. Chris Ballard decided not to bring him back. They wanted to go for a more long term solution. Get, get Carson Wentz, and they gave up a first round pick for a guy who just led the league in turnovers. And then that didn't turn out well. They go for Matt Ryan, but it's just you know, like if you have a leak and you don't fully replace it, and you just keep trying to put a bandage on it a bandage on it, eventually it's just going to burst. It's just going to explode. You keep trying to put a bandage on a situation, and you don't actually try to overall fix the problem. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Colts are doing. There's The Colts got a very talented roster, and he's been a part of helping build a very talented roster. But the most important positions in football is the quarterback, offensive line, and the pass rushing. That's the most important. And, I mean, 100%. The Colts don't have a quarterback. They probably have the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. They say Melinger's quarterback. And they have the highest-paid offensive line, but possibly the worst offensive line in the NFL right now, mm -hmm. the way they're playing. They have the best guard who's not playing like the best guard. They have a center who's playing. Oh, guy from what I've heard, is dog shit, like Ryan Kelly. Uh, Ryan, yeah. that, isn't Braden Smith getting pushed in the right guard or something like that? He's he's a right tackle, but basically everyone's playing below average. You could say Quentin Nelson's maybe playing at average level, but it's Quentin Nelson, right? Yeah. Like he cannot be playing at an average level. Yeah, like I it's, agree with you. it's I, bad. I you have to be playing elite. It's bad overall. And one thing I keep thinking about is how the heck has Chris Strasser, who is the Colts' offensive line head coach, outlasted all these people? He outlasted Matt Ryan, outlasted Marcus Brady, outlasted Frank Reich. They'll buy the fire next Monday. Seems like a weekly thing going on Indianapolis, but it's hard for me to truly like give the full blame on Frank Reich with the QB situation year in year out. Like this so much of a team has to have continuity, especially continuity of head coach and QB in every single off season. He's installing a new system to his QB, which has to go out to the rest of his players, right? Because he's got to change the playbook for a new QB. He never had continuity year in and year out, which is a lot. And I'm sure it takes a huge toll on someone to try to have to revamp their entire offense every single year for a whole new QB. It's not to say some QBs haven't been great. Like, Phil Rivers had a great season a couple years ago uh, with Indianapolis. Not saying he was elite, 
he was pretty good. Matt Ryan was thought to be, we know the problems. Yeah. So uh, let me let me ask you a question as a Colts fan. From what everything you've said, uh, it sounded like you're blaming Chris Ballard. 100%. Okay. And he's already been guaranteed his job next year, from what I've heard from Ursa. So one week ago, Frank Reich was guaranteed his job. That's not true. That's not true. They didn't ask Jim Ursay last week, yo, is Frank Reich going to be here for the rest of the year? And he didn't say, yes, 100%. We're confident with that. They asked him, is Ballard going to be here next year? He said 100%. We believe in Ballard. So, as a Colts fan, you said he should. Do you think he will? Because I don't think he will. I think he'll, I think he'll still be there. Ursay doesn't seem like the type to go, on, go, on out, go out on a, on a media platform, uh, say something, and do the other. I don't, I don't see him as that type of guy. I not I don't know if um, he will be back next year or not. I think that he definitely deserves more than blame than Reich. I definitely believe that because I mean he at the end of the day he's the one building the roster, right? And I said the three most important positions. I mean the pass rush has gone there, uh, but it's still nothing great. Yeah. But I mean those three positions are probably the three weakest parts of the entire team. And don't get me wrong. I think Chris Ballard is a one, one of, if not the best talent evaluators in football in terms of just evaluating talent. But in terms of being a general manager and constructing a roster, he's yeah. just stubborn. He's still kind of fixed on early 2000s. You know, yes, you got to build trenches, 100%. But he – and also, listen to the press conference. I hated how – by the way, Matthew Stafford's in the concussion protocol. That'll be interesting. All right, Aaron uh, Donald got pissed at him in practice, apparently. But he he basically blamed the O-line mm-hmm. on Alec Pierce. He basically said, y'all were on my ass for not getting a wide receiver, and now the O-line's underperforming. Like, how does Trump yeah, that's just not, Alec that's not Pierce? He, so, he, so he's trying to not take the blame on something. All right. Yeah, that's he actually said that? Yeah, that he's basically implied that yes. So th- that's that's strike number one. You can't be listening to the outside noise. You need to build the best roster possible every single year, based on what you think and based on what your coaches think. You can't just listen to fans that oh you need a receiver and then just co- completely take your attention off the offensive line, which you've been good at the last five years. Like that's 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 shit GM work. Like that's dog shit GM work. That's crazy. Yeah, and then, I don't even know about that. You, you can even think of right. Uh, a year ago, uh, the Colts signed Eric Fisher, but they had a chance to get Charles Leno. They could have gotten Leno at left tackle, decided to pass on for Eric Fisher. They wanted that number one pick. Yeah, and I mean, let's get on to the hiring rate of Jeff Saturday. I'm They're going to have to get out of that ball. Get rid of Ground and pound. I'm not too mad necessarily at like, the Jeff Saturday hire, and that doesn't make sense to me. No, not at all. But let's be honest. With, once you fire Frank Reich there and you already bench Matt Ryan, your goal isn't to make the playoffs. And the, I mean, I'm sure the players aren't dumb, which is a bit concerning, mm-hmm. right? Like it's concerning to keep the, the lock, locker room intact. But just how I think is someone that, even though who know who who, I don't think he's going to be like a great head coach, but we don't really know, right? But what I can tell you is he he's going to be a really good leader because he's been like that throughout his tech. He's got the leadership qualities and he was always someone out front. Like he was the NFLPA president when he was a player. He yeah. was someone who was very big at pushing the CBA. Why is that always a center? 
I don't know, because they're usually the leader of the O-line. You know, the O-line it's usually right. It's always the center of the leader of NFLPA. So you know, not, Strider, like, it's weird. So he's going to be kind of a motivational guy. And I kind of feel like he's brought in, because he's a consultant with the Colts. He's the one that Jim Mercer trusts a lot. I think he's there kind of to build the locker room back up a bit. And he's going to basically tell Ursay or maybe the future general manager, Chris Ballard, whoever, kind of like what he sees in the locker room. He's going to be an outside perspective to say what's wrong because there, there's no excuse for how bad the Colts have been playing talent-wise. So there's obviously some extra stuff. I think he's going to relay that stuff back to back to Ursay. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, one other thing is I know there's a lot of talk about He's not qualified, and a lot of people are mad. I think that will affect Colts probably this offseason if Chris Ballard's still there because yeah. they're going to be like, you hired this guy when I've been uh, grinding my butt off for the past 20 years, and you just get some, an NFL analyst on ESPN to take over my spot. You're talking about Gus Bradley? I, You know, I don't think everybody, – everybody, everybody just assumed it was Gus Bradley's job, and then out of nowhere, NFL analyst Jeff Saturday just takes the whole job. Has no coach head coaching experience. Like, now, I would have done both in trying the special teams coordinator because he has had some some talk of potential uh, higher like potential head coaching interviews in the future. He's kind of a riser. He's a young guy. He's mm-hmm. someone I think the players would have bought into. Isn't that the guy that they uh, didn't they give him an upgrade in, in his in his job? He's just special teams coordinator. Well, there was some guy that got a. Are you thinking the pass passing game coordinator who's now yeah. in the place? Yeah. That's who I would have personally done. But, I mean, the Colts do have Gus Bradley as his coordinator. They have John Fox that is in the in the coaching staff also. So, Jeff Saturday is going to have, I guess, those influences help him. Who knows? Maybe they didn't want the job. Uh, but they will have those coaching influences there to be able to help him throughout. And back to kind of the point I was saying with the qualifications like that, when you're hiring an interim head coach, like, for example – I think Shane Steichen, the office coordinator for the Eagles, is going to be someone who's probably going to get a job this offseason. Yeah. The way he's transformed yeah. once he started calling plays for the Eagles in the middle of last season, how they've looked this year, he, he's going to get a bunch of interviews this year, right? Mm-hmm. If the Colts were to call him up and be like, hey, we want to offer you this interim head coaching job, he's not going to take it. Why would he leave the Eagles midway through the season to take an interim head coaching job? You know, well, He wouldn't. No, and I think that's going to be the same case for a lot of teams. Maybe a team that's not contending, like, for example, maybe a Ben Johnson in Detroit. Detroit's only got, like, two wins this year. They know they're not going to compete. But at the same time, Ben Johnson is so young. Why would he basically yeah. give up or leave his team in the middle of the season? for it? Like I said, it's an interim job. He's still going to have to go through the coaching process offseason. Why wouldn't you wait? Like, I, I kind of wonder how many coordinators would actually be willing to do something like that because it was a big thing. A lot of people were kind of mad about that. I really do wonder what coordinators would actually have been willing to give up their coordinator jobs for just an interim spot because you because the Colts would have to go through the entire process and go through uh, interviews and the Rooney Rule and all that if they were to actually try to hire an actual coaching position. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough Colts talk. No one cares about the Colts that much. So let's just let's get into these midseason awards. Midseason awards. We can get into the midseason awards. awards. And yeah. you know, we were to, all we talked about today, pretty much so far, was coaching. Yeah. So let's jump right into co- coach of the year, midseason nice. awards. Uh, I'm going to go straight to my winner, and I'm doing it. I'm not predicting what it's going to be at the end of the year. 
I am calling it as if today, November 9th, 2022, who are my award winners? And there's one team out there that is undefeated. So it'd be crazy for me not to say Nick Sirianni as coach of the year. You're undefeated. I have to. I have to call you the coach of the year. If you're undefeated, what more can he do for him not to get the award? Yeah, well, he can play a decent team. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that same page. Yeah, if you had to give an award today, it's Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, do I think that's how it's going to end? No. But I think um, I think as of right now, you can't really fight the 8-0 record. So, but yeah, Nick Sirianni, head coach of the year right now. Yeah, and then also I have some other candidates. I got Brian DeBall as a candidate. He was hired first-year head coach at the Giants, and he's really transformed that team. Now, they weren't expected to be much, and yet they're sitting at a, what, like a 6-2 record, maybe 5-3? They like are that. a 6-2. Imagine me telling you before the season the Giants would be 6-2 right now. Imagine me telling you the Seahawks would be 6-3. I know. Yeah. And we Pete Carroll is another candidate that I have. I yeah. kind of I kind of put five candidates there, and then we're going to kind of keep three. But there were some other people I had to give credit to. I had to give credit to Brian DeBall. I had to give credit to Pete Carroll. Uh, I had to give credit to Robert Sala as well for how he's how the Jets have looked this year. And I also had to give credit to Mike Daniel for the Dolphins because I know you're going to have him on your list. I had to give credit to him as well. My three were my three were Nick Sirianni one, number two Kevin O'Connell, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Seven and one, can't ignore it. I don't think they're that good of a team. I think they'll be first round exits. So that's just me. Um, but you can't ignore it, the record. That's the mid. We're talking about mid season. When once we do the end of the year before the award show, I'm sure it'll be different. But Kevin O'Connell right now is number two. And yeah, another one first year guy. I have Mike McDaniel at three. Um, it's Shocking. one. It's one thing just to have the record. I know shocker. Yeah, and it probably is a little biased. But that's all. This I think it's biased, but I'm not yeah. shocked. Yeah, but. Um, you, you come in there and you make a team, first of all, just better. And you come in and make a quote-unquote bust quarterback an MVP candidate. I mean, it, it, it comes with a lot. And he's, he's, he's had a big impact. And I, I wish I had more uh, of a Giants fan perspective because I really do want to want to know more about Dable and how much that team has changed. But as of right now, those are my top three with the outsiders being obviously Dable. But I think – I do think – that the person that will win coach of the year would be a, will be a rookie coach this year at the I mean, end of the year. It definitely can. I mean, because Brian DeBall and Mike McDaniel are both good candidates and they're in their first so year. Is, so is Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, that's right. Now, the one thing with the Vikings, the reason why I didn't have them up there is because a bunch of the teams they beat, I mean, to be fair, you got to play the team's new record. They played them with their backup QBs. I think they've played three backup QBs already. Yeah. They might be playing a fourth this week uh, with Buffalo Bills. They will, probably. But Case Keenum's going to come. Bills will still beat them without. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get into anything just yet. We still got some more later. But it's also kind of crazy when I'm looking at it because the other people I have in here, after Sirianni, people like Robert Sala, they're second-year head coaches, if I'm not mistaken. So a bunch of very young guys. You, you know what you're, really well. what's the word you're looking for there, Zach? What? Evolution. Evolution, yeah. You have Chris Ballard looking in the 2000s and GM in like the 2000s. You have Frank Reich going for his old quarterbacks. Uh, it, it, the, the game is changing, and these young coaches are coming in and being amazing. Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, all been to the Super Bowl. They I, know, I know Zach Taylor's been to the Super Bowl, but it's come out amazing. No, no, no. He's not a good coach. I've been said that. 
I'm just saying he got to a Super Bowl because he's the game is changing. Is my whole point. On yeah, and there's a bunch of people I like in this offseason, which we'll yeah. get to later down the line. But there's a lot of people that I really do like that are going to be potential head coach candidates. And also, I just want to say Frank Reich. I'm sure we'll get another head coaching opportunity at some point down the line with some team. Yeah, maybe, but he'll he'll definitely be like an offensive coordinator next year. Yep, watch him to be in either Jacksonville or Philly. So. Next up, we got comeback player of the year. Now, I feel like one first. All right. I feel like it's going to be Saquon Barkley, but mine no. is Geno Smith. You have to get Geno. Quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. The guy's been sitting on the bench for years, and it looks like it's been proven that Pete Carroll's offense is just a system. Whatever quarterback steps in there is going to, I think, is going to flourish. Russell Wilson stepped away. Don't get me wrong, it could be due to Nathaniel Hackett, but that Russell Wilson looks bad. Geno Smith looks amazing. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl this year most likely, and I never thought I'd be saying in 2022, Geno Smith will be in a Pro Bowl. So, back player of the year is Geno Smith, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Take a step further, Geno Smith is a legit, like, maybe top five, top, maybe not top five, but top ten MVP candidate. Like, who would have thought that even just last year? It can definitely be a bit part of the system. It is, a, it is a different system than what Russell Wilson was in. I also think that it's – I'm not going to get too much to Dan Hackett and the Broncos, but I have seen a QB like Aaron Rodgers struggle really badly his first year with Hackett and then went back-to-back MVPs the next two years. But, I mean, I do have Geno also. I just don't see how you can't get into him. He's been outstanding this year. I could see a situation that maybe he does kind of fall off cliff just because we have seen Geno Smith play football before the season. Yeah. But I mean, if you didn't, if I didn't know any of his previous uh, history or work, I mean, this guy looks like a top ten quarterback. He looks he really good, which which still feels weird saying out of my mouth right now. But <laughs> he's been playing great. Uh, I do have Saquon second. He's been pretty good as well. I mean, he's been one of the best running backs in the NFL this season. Yep, Saquon is second for me as well. And then I I got CMC third. He's been really good for the Panthers coming back from the injuries and then the the two games with the Niners, especially last week, just looks outstanding. If there's some other people you can put out there, you can put Derrick Henry. I have my, my number three is different from all those guys you said. Uh, I don't know if you would put this guy uh, – He's, I don't know if I consider him because he's never played four, but ETN's also another guy that I thought of. But that's, that's my guy. I didn't put him because we didn't see him play before. So, I mean, yes, he's a comeback player. But I almost he played in the preseason, got hurt, came back. It's literally the definition of a comeback player. So I feel like ETN has a chance, especially if he continues to have that workload that he has right now in Jacksonville. Not only do I think the just seems seeing Harry the better so far, but I also – just see as you then come back from like playing before in the NFL. Like I will see it's like you've been in the NFL that you get hurt or you weren't playing good and you come back in that sense. I don't know, that's just how it makes sense in my mind. All right. But next up, we can go, let's go to the rookies. Let's go offensive rookie of the year. Now, I'm going to say if this was a couple weeks ago, my answer would be different. Yeah, well, he resaw, but obviously he's injured. So. I'll push that to the side. And this was a hard one. I went with kind of Walker as my offense rookie of the year. A lot of times this award goes to uh, running backs or QBs, I feel like. Every once in a while you'll get a wide receiver like Jamar Chase last year. But 
I think Kenneth Walker's probably been the best rookie running back since Brees Hall's gone down, in my opinion. I think that he seems like a game changer and he's helped lead uh help been a part of the Seahawks team at six and three. So I'm gonna go with him as my offense rookie of the year. Um I have Kenneth Walker at my two. I'm going to have Damian Pierce at one. Um, I feel like they're both kind of just in the same same realm. Um, I do like Damian Pierce a little more as a runner, uh, but that's the re- main reason why I'm putting him there. Um, I think he's going to mean more to, more to his team than Kenneth Walker to the Seahawks. But then again, Kenneth Walker, like I said, is my number two. Uh, but I think Damian Pierce uh, will end up taking the award this year. And if I had to give it to someone right now, it'd be Damian Pierce. I have Pierce on my list, but I do have Olave in front of him. Olave has just been ridiculous. He obviously was out a week or two uh, with the concussion, but I loved Olave coming out of Ohio State. He's just proved it week in and week out. He can also even put another Ohio State wide receiver up here. I don't think he's necessarily has the enough work in order to be truly in conversation with the other three, but Gary Wilson has been outstanding this year as well. I also would love if the Falcons would throw the ball more so we can have another receiver. Great yeah. But, but I mean, it's been a really good rookie class of these skilled players so far. Not the QB like there usually is. Kenny Pickett hasn't been that. But overall, solid rookie class with those, those four or five people we named. I agree. So let's get right into the defensive rookie of the year. And I'm just going to start it off with our number ones, Sauce Gardner. Sauce uh, Gardner. I don't think bearing any injuries, uh, knock on wood, he'll he'll be he'll be the defensive rookie of the year. The guy is an All Pro, Pro Bowl corner already. He is, and I don't want to say it as if he's like so far out ahead of everybody else, but just with the way he's been playing, like he is playing at a Pro Bowl caliber already. And also, just the name and the recognition value himself. I mean, that does play into the award. So I think he absolutely deserves. Defense rookie of the year. He's just outstanding. We've seen. I mean, you you might have to uh, get rid of his hand in that picture against Gabriel Davis. You know, he might have been holding on that final play last week. But overall, they didn't call it, so it doesn't matter. He made a great play. I think he also did the same thing against Cortland Sun a few weeks ago. But either way, Sauce Gardner has been outstanding. He's been locked down, especially in man coverage. He's just not allowing receptions. And that's what you can ask for. He's been a big part of why the Jets have been playing very good this year. So Sus Gardner is my number one as well. I got Tariq Woolen as my number two. Tariq Woolen was someone I also just loved at the draft. And he kept falling and falling. Like, how do you let this physical beast fall so far in draft? He went to the team that has had by far the best draft class so far. And he's been outstanding for them. And he's not going to be in no D Roy conversation, but the other rookie corner besides him and Cody Bryant's also had a pretty solid year as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely the best draft class. Uh, I think we we both said that at the beginning of the year, but uh, Tariq Woolen for sure is my number two. Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of very very obvious. Uh, those two guys are just head over heels above the other competition for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, my third guy was a guy I wouldn't expect to be in this conversation. Um, it is Devin Lloyd, linebacker of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Has been very consistent, has a lot of tackles, uh, just has basically just been very good at every every single aspect of defense. Um, I didn't expect him to have that big of a role off, off rip. Um, but I guess when they released Miles Jack, they really believed in Devin Lloyd. Uh, 
or or the belief they can get Devin Lloyd. So I think yeah, I yeah. think right now he's number three. Yeah, Lloyd's been good. I feel like he started off really hot and hasn't been at that exact same level recently, mm-hmm. but he's definitely up there. Uh, I I threw in like Jalen Petrie. I thought he's been pretty solid so far for the Texans. And I also at the beginning of the year. I also threw in a uh, Jack Jones. He's been very surprised for me. I thought he's played very, very well uh, so far for New England. Seems like New England always finds a way to get those late corners just to produce for them. It's yeah, yeah and, they'll, and, they'll, and then they'll franchise tag him for five years and just let him go. Yeah, and then once they leave, they are tra- trash. <laughs> and I'm not going to throw Gilmore in a conversation because he's off the Buffalo. But but it's it's very weird how the Patriots always produce very good corners. Yeah. No, it it is weird. They they have good coaching there. Let's just be honest. We knew about this. They yeah, they sure. produce players, but they never sign. Like they can't they can't sign a player in free agency. But they they could, the only one they've hit on in the last five years was Judon. But besides that, they they could well, no draft. Like like I, like I just said, Gilmore as well was a signing that they definitely nailed. He won Defense Player of the Year with them. Yeah, they did. Okay, but that was they like decided. five years ago. Uh, something like that, five six years ago. Yeah, Judon was one. There could probably just another one that we just can't think of the top of our heads right now. Not really. They had, they had that one class. It was Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Judon. Uh, and all those are shit. Like, they had Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Like, it, it's just that whole – that they went on a signing frenzy, and the only guy that's panned out from that is Matt Judon. Yeah, but which I kind of figured when I saw that class. Spending money does not mean you're getting better. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't. Not. All right, let's go to offensive rookie, the offensive player of the year, and I'm going to say first. You're going to say it, it first. Is, it better not I'm be. I'm going wrong. to say it first. It better what? It better not be wrong. I mean, I don't think it's wrong. I'm going to pick the guy that currently has over 1,100 receiving yards. Thank you. And it is going to be Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill has completely changed the offense in Miami. People were kind of disrespecting Tyree Kill. Uh, just in the offseason, like I've seen a bunch of lists that didn't even have him top five uh, wide receiver in the NFL. It's crazy mm-hmm. to me. I know he, I know he had Patrick Mahomes, but he is just ridiculous. He's, he's unguardable, and you give him to a young offensive mind who is just going to get his guys in space. He just finds a way to get open, and people really underestimate his ball tracking skills. He is one of the best players in tracking down the football deep bombs just anywhere he's really good at just finding the football and being in the best position and it shows 1100 yards through what nine games is nine games is fucking insane it's ridiculous he's on pace to have the most receiving yards in NFL history right now now will he reach that I yeah. mean I I'm not going to bet on it I mean it's the most in NFL history and it's also although he's gonna have the 17th game to help but he's just overall been ridiculous this year yeah, and before I touch on Tyreek Hill, which is my number one as well, um, I, I guess this is kind of breaking news, but it's really not. Um, Jamar Chase is looking is eyeing a return week eleven after their bye. Has a chance to return. We'll give it a go. That would be pretty big for the Bengals' offense trying to make that playoff wild card push. But on the Tyreek Hill, I I know when we I'm a Dolphins fan, of course, you know that, but. Whoever's watching this, I expected to get Tyreek Hill, and I think everybody expected everybody expected Tyreek Hill's a beast. Uh, he has two as his quarterback. The guy's just not going to be as productive. Everybody thinks that. I thought that he came in here, and he just proven day in day out 
He is the best receiver in football. Anytime the guy catches the ball, there's at least five yards of separation from his defender. He is 100%, I could say this with watching nine games of him fully, he is unguardable. Point blank period unguardable unless he messes up a route or something, unless he runs into the DB. He is unguardable. And he will be the offensive player of the year, and he will break 2,000 receiving yards. And I think he'll I think he'll break 2,000 receiving yards before week 18. Before week 18? I think he'll get it week 17 to just to solidify. So there's no excuses. Oh, there's an added NFL week from when Calvin Johnson played. I think he'll hit 2K by week 17. That's including our by week 11. I hope you do realize that. Nobody cares if, if he does it before that or not. No one's going to care. They're no still playing the 18th. They're there's, still playing the 17th always game. Always haters, Zach. Always. They're always going to play the 17th game. I hate to break it to you. But I have another AFC East wide receiver on my list, which is really? Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has been outstanding this year. He, I think he deserves a lot of love. And I kind of went back and forth with who my last guy would be. I decided to give give it to someone who's been outstanding, obviously, as well. But not the guy who went last year. I gave it to Mick Chubb because he has been outstanding this year. So my top three were – it was one Tyreek Hill – it was two Jalen Hurts just because I think he's going to be in that MVP conversation and not win it. And then my number three is Nick Chubb. Um, I think he is the best runner of the football, best running back. Uh, you sound like you're rolling your eyes and you look like you're upset with my picks. Yeah, because I told you beforehand, don't pick a QB for well, offensive play of the year. Huh? QBs can win it. They can, but... And I don't they think don't. I think Jalen Hurts is having an amazing season, but I don't think he'll win MVP. So yeah, I do have him as my top three for offensive player of the year because he deserves some recognition. Yeah, I, I am letting you guys know or not he is claiming Jalen Hurts as a running back. That's why he's putting him here. Oh yeah, okay, dude. Don't even do this. Don't that's I don't I have no disrespect to Jalen Hurts. But no, I have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Nick Chubb. If you had to make me take Jalen Hurts out, I'd move Nick Chubb up to two. And I would put three. Uh that's tough. Three, I would probably have to put Stephon Diggs or, or Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely fair. All now, right, what's going next? Uh, Depoy. Depoy. I think it's a very obvious one. I think it is. He kind of has a star on his helmet. He does, and it is Micah Parsons. Uh, I think going into the season, uh, was I the only one that had that prediction? Uh, might, might have been. Well, I had Micah Parsons one. The guy's just an animal. Uh, the guy, I, their defense is ranked top three right now, I believe, top three, top four. Um, and it's, if you look at the names, it's it's him and Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs having a great season, but Micah Parsons is 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 a game changer, a complete game changer. He runs that whole defense, and he's only what 22, 23? Second season. So I got second, second season in the NFL, and the guy's running the the America's team defense. So uh, nothing bad I can say about Michael Parsons. He's my favorite player to get deep in this year. Yeah, I got him number one as well. Just absolutely outstanding. After that, I don't remember if I put him as my number one before the year. I remember this was kind of a surprising pick. I might have had him. I know I have top three, but Nick Bosa has been very good this year. Mm-hmm. So I have him as my number two. Okay, And a guy who I definitely just – I didn't expect him to be this high. I kind of thought he got overpaid in the offseason, but he's definitely proven otherwise is Von Miller. 
Von Miller as huh? Von Miller. Huh? Von. Well, I don't know why you're going, huh? Have what you has Von Miller done this year? Am I tripping? He's been amazing this year. I thought he just got back from injury. He's been really good this year. He's not top three. You're wilding, bud. Von Miller? Yeah, no, not That's top been three. really good this year. He's always good. It's Von Miller, but he's not top three defensive player of the year right now. Hell no. I got to disagree with you on that. You're disrespecting people like Miles Garrett. You're disrespecting people like Judon. You're disrespecting my number two, Zadarius Smith, Minnesota Vikings, tied for leading in sacks, tied for pressures. And then my number three is Miles Garrett with the honorable mention of Nick Bosa. You're disrespecting those guys. Judon's also in that conversation. The guy's also tied with uh, leading the league in sacks. Oh, Judon's really good. He also probably had half his sacks last week. Yeah, he did. But uh, I, I will say this, man. Judon, I can't get, get over what he does, but the man just – he goes on the easy matchups every time, but that's what you're supposed to do if you're an elite player, I guess. But, no, Judon's not my top three, but he's definitely an honorable mention. But I think Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett definitely have a top three chance. But I, it really just feels like when we're talking about these guys – like you're like okay, but there's Micah Parsons, and it's not close. Like I, don't, I really don't think it's gonna be close this year. I think Micah Parsons is gonna take it with a lot of room. I, I think Parsons has gotta be the favorite right now. Yeah. And then MVP. Uh, let's start off with our number threes. Let's start off with number threes. I'm kind of surprised you don't have this guy in your list, but because you kind of already mentioned it, but I actually heard someone number three. He's number the. Three quarterback for the team that is undefeated in the NFL. Yeah, and he's my number three. I think, I, I think – oh, he is in your number three. I, well, you said yeah. – Yeah, yeah no, I didn't have him at one. I don't think he's going to win it, but he's he's in my okay. number three. I think we definitely have to the same top two. I don't see any other top two that there could be. You're wrong. So, Go ahead. Oh, interesting. Um but yeah, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's, I mean, he's the quarterback for the team that is undefeated in the NFL right now. So mm-hmm. there's not really much more to say. I think that the offense is perfect for him, and AJ Brown has completely transformed that mm-hmm. offense. They got the run game with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. You have AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. You've got uh, why can't think Devontae Smith on offense, and that defense is absolutely stacked. I mean. Hurts is been great this year. He definitely serves all the love, all the fire, especially for as someone who I'm not, I wasn't very high on Jalen Hurts. And I think he's definitely made a lot of improvements. He's someone that you definitely want to root for. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I'm all for it. He's, he's a good, a tremendous player. Um, You want to say your number two or my number two first? I'll say my number two. And it was my preseason favorite for MVP in Josh Allen. I was back and forth between Josh Allen and who I have at number one. You, I, I, I don't. I feel like I know weird to say. Oh, no, you're going, and you know. But you can't. I don't. Can't I do. don't. I don't think there's any way you can not have Josh Allen at number one as top two. Josh Allen has been ridiculous this year. He has seen the Buffalo Bills, I believe, as the number one seed in the AFC right now. It, I will be interested to see how much he plays in the future because of a certain injury he has, but it doesn't matter what the future is because we are talking about right now after week nine and Josh. Still got me, Zach. All right. Well, he went with his number two. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure he lagged out. I don't know if I did, but I'm going to continue to talk. I'm pretty sure he lagged out. Uh, but my number two, everybody's going to laugh at me, but I don't care. I got to believe in him. My number two is Tua Tungavailoa, Miami Dolphins quarterback. Josh Allen is my honorable mention. I'm trying to take into consideration whatever injury that is. He did have a very, very bad game last week. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it um, favoritism? Is it bias? One hundred percent. I want to make that very clear. Um, most people's list would have Josh Allen number two, number one, completely, and I, that's valid. He's a, he's a hell of a player. He was my favorite going into the year. Um, and if I wasn't so biased, he probably would be my top two favorite now. But my number two is Tua Tungavailoa. The change he's bringing to this team, all the hate he's got, he's playing like an MVP player. Uh, the thing that sucks is the stats are uh, affected by the two games he missed with the head injury. But he is my number two right now. Um, I, I just, I just, I don't see him slowing down. Uh, we, we've seen him, we've seen him have these crazy games and. Um, kind of slowed down and went missing the next few games, but he hasn't this year. There's been no stopping him since he's been playing. So number two, Tua Tungavailoa. All right, that's my number two MVP candidate. And my number one is my same number one as you, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Um, what else do you need to say? There, It's clear cut. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's showing it again this year without Tyreek Hill. That's showing me a lot. So as of right now, I think he's probably the favorite to an MVP. So for the audio listeners, I just got disconnected for a second. So I didn't hear Soul Ramble, and I'm happy I did because <laughs> it wasn't a ramble. Was like- I, said it was, I said it was biased. I, I made it very clear. I said Josh Allen to everybody else would probably be top three. He was my favorite going into the year, and he probably should be. He had a piss poor game last week, had an injury that might affect him for the rest of the season. So I'm putting two at two, and I'm putting Patrick Mahomes at number one. I have Mahomes at number one, although I think you had Herbert as your favorite coming into the season. I, I, I don't remember, but I definitely had – I definitely – I know Danny had Patrick Mahomes. I know yeah. I had – you had yeah. Allen, I had Herbert, yeah. So, but we had yeah. the same three just in different order. Yeah, yeah. I have Josh Allen – and not Josh Allen. I got Patrick Mahomes as number one. And I do think a lot of that has to do with just how brilliant he's been. Brilliant. And also, I am taking into account that – the receiving core, yes, he has lost someone like Terry Kill, and he's still producing just good, if not better, numbers than he has every single year of his career. And he's just a highlight machine, you know. It's just fun to watch Patrick Mahomes go out there and throw football around. So there's not much to say. I don't think it's going to be any type of recency bias saying that he's only won one MVP. We're kind of just used to his amazing play at this point. And it's, it's close between the top two for me. But I think I'm gonna get a slight edge to Mahomes just due to the talent difference between the two of them, in my opinion. So let me ask you something, Zach, real quick before we get into the week ten predictions and end this podcast. Um if Tua, right, as a fan, asking another fan of another team, if Tua continues every game this year to have three hundred plus passing yards, over a hundred QB rating, and a three to one ratio on picks to uh touchdowns to interceptions. Do you think that could that could get him in that MVP conversation? Only if they went out. Because I, I will say the the touchdown interception ratio, I don't necessarily like because I have no, seen you can't you can't say that because Aaron Rodgers literally won it last year because of that. No, 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 no. I'm saying in his case because I've seen 
games, for example, against Pittsburgh, where he should have had four interceptions in a single game. I agree with you on that. You know, so I'm not necessarily caring about that exact stat, and I'm not going to use that as a positive or necessarily a negative. Mm-hmm. But and also, there's going to be for any player in general, you'll see touchdown passes. Mahomes has touchdown passes from a quick shovel to uh, Travis yeah. Kelsey, right? Yeah. It's not really anything they're actually doing. So I touch on this ratio. I don't care too much about. We don't, but it, I swear to God, the committee does. Aaron Rodgers is like sixth or seventh in passing yards last year with a crazy TD to interception ratio in one MVP. Last year's also very weak MVP. It was. Plus. I will say this, by the way, uh, another uh, injury report. Damian Pierce is now on questionable. Uh, don't know. To, they're saying it's a shoulder slash chest injury. So I don't know what's on with that, but hopefully we didn't just jinx him <laughs> because we just talked about him winning offensive rookie of the year and rookies have been dropping left and right. So let's knock on wood for that. Well, you did. I did. But anyways, you top three, didn't you? Yeah, top three. But let's go ahead and let's get into our weekly predictions because we are in Florida and there's a hurricane coming. So our internets are going like crazy. So let's get let's get through these uh, predictions. But we got a fantastic. And when I say fantastic, oh, I'm saying that kind of sarcastic. An elite Thursday night football game, like it has been all year, Zach. Yeah, hopefully the hurricane does not wipe wipe away our cable to uh, I, not be able to watch this one. I need to watch this, though. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way they wipe my internet for this. I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> but we do have Atlanta versus Carolina. You know, the good thing is because neither of these teams are necessarily great. Although uh, Atlanta did not look too bad last week. They're not bad. They, they actually aren't really that bad. They, they aren't great, but they're competitive. But we got Atlanta traveling to Carolina to play on Thursday night. I'm kind of debating my head if I want to play Deontay Foreman in fantasy. That's really the only thing I got looking forward to. Chuba's playing. Don't touch him. I worry about Chuba. I you should. I'm playing. I'm thinking about it. All right. But, so I'm going to make it very clear. I'm going with the Falcons. I have nothing to say about it. Yeah, I'm going to Atlanta also. I think that they've been very competitive this year. Carolina, are they Are they starting P.J. Walker? Are they starting Baker Mayfield? Is Sam Darnold back? I know he got activated. They're starting Baker? That's the last thing I, I thought I heard. I thought I heard they were sticking with P.J., but I don't really know. And because I don't know, I'm going with the very run-heavy Atlanta Falcons. Agreed. Next up, we got a game that is being taken place in Bayern. In Germany, if I'm not, or is it right? Is it Bayern? Is it Munich? Whatever Bayern, in Germany. Germany. Yes. Yeah. We got the Seattle Seahawks, who I believe will have to start running back Kenneth Walker. I know there's been some type of visa or passport issue with him. I think that's all resolved. Traveling there to play against the quote unquote home team in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay got a last second touchdown last week. Finally got back to the win column. Seattle has looked pretty good. Who you got? So I'm going to make a complete flip here. I feel like the favorites in this game, surprisingly, is Seattle. Seattle. They're playing good. Buccaneers been playing bad. Mediocre at best. I think last week getting that dub did a lot for Tom Brady. Uh, so I'm going with the Buccaneers. I am gonna. I'm going to ride with the the, okay. the favorite team coming into the season. Um, I, I do think the Buccaneers start flipping flipping stuff around. Uh, and I, I think they start winning a lot of games. This is such a tough one for me. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay needs this one. They it's do. not like that they should. They need this one. And do I really want to bet against Tom Brady in a win, a, a win they need? No, you don't. I'll answer that for you. 
I, I've watched him for but, 10 years. I've watched him my whole childhood. I promise you. But there's three words that I got to say. Oh, what is it? Let Gino cook. <laughs> You're going I'm to rock with Seattle. I'm rocking with Seattle. All right. All right. All right. Next one. We got, got the Detroit Lions riding into Chicago to play the hot Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Who do you um, Before I say it, let me stick with calling the games because then we're going to skip games. Let me we're not see. skipping games, but I have it all on my phone. All right, because I haven't pulled up. And you're in a different order already. But what? we got Detroit at Chicago, and I'm going to go with Chicago Bears. Justin Fields. They found a system that's working for them. The offense is getting on a roll. I'm still not sold on fields for the future. I think he's still as a passer, but we see how they're implementing him into run game. Maybe he can make a Jalen Hurts type of growth in the future, but that's besides the point because we're talking about one week, and I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears winning this one. I am with you on that one. Uh, after watching him almost beat my Dolphins single-handedly, I'm a real believer in Justin Fields and, and using his – using his legs, even if the game plan is to stop that. So I do have Chicago beating the Lions, but I do think it's going to be a shootout. I do think it's going to be one of those offensive games where everybody scores. So I I, I hope so as well. Trust me. Um, But yeah, I have Chicago uh, winning at home against the Detroit Lions division rivals. Now let me, let me, let me announce the games this week, bud. All right. Hold on a second. I got to ask you a question. So you, you did have Mike McDaniel in your coach of the year. Yes, top three. But I saw last week that Justin Fields was not listening to his coaching. Do you have anything to say about that? Say that again? Oh, yeah. Uh, so apparently Justin Fields, after scrambling for 160 yards, ran by Mike McDaniel, and Mike McDaniel said, stop scrambling. So basically he Kyrie Irving them, didn't listen to the opposing team, so kind of mad about it. But yeah. Can't really hate on him for it. But, yeah, no, Mike McDaniel, he's in the top three right now. I think it's it's him or Dable at three right now. Man went missing. Short intermission, I guess. He must really not like Mike McDaniel. I think that's what it is. <laughs> All right. We're just going to get into the next game. Next game, we have Cleveland, the Brownies, traveling with Jacoby Brissett. He's coming for revenge on his Miami Dolphins that let him go at the end of the season. He's coming down to Miami, trying to get revenge on the Miami Dolphins, who are fiery hot. Who do you have winning this game, Zach? I don't want to pick them. I want to pick the Dolphins. Move on. <laughs> Dolphins. I have the Dolphins as well. It should be, a, it should be an easy win. Um, then next we have Russell Wilson, who's quote-unquote been cooking in London, heading down to Tennessee – to play – are we playing Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill this week, Zach? I'm not sure. So that does play a big factor into uh, my game. I, off, I the buy, off the bye for Denver, I think they're going to get something to click. They got too much talent. And honestly, I know that they kind of nearly beat – I don't say they nearly beat Kansas City, but they were competitive in that game. Mike Vrabel's a great coach last week. Yeah. But – Denver's defense is very good, and I just have a hard time seeing the team with Malik Wilson QB being able to score on that Denver defense. So I'm going to go with – I don't know if this is an upset. I'm going to go with Denver. Uh, it is an upset to me. I have Tennessee winning that game at home. 
just seeing too much of them keeping a close game with the Chiefs. And I, I don't know what people are thinking, but I've seen a lot of people th- uh, say, NFL analysts say, it looks like Russ is back. It looks like the Broncos are back. Like, what did you see in that London game? I, I saw subpar play and then barely scraping past the Jaguars, who are two and five. So, uh, uh, yeah, I had the Titans winning this one. The next game should be a good game if Josh Allen does play, even if Josh Allen doesn't play. Case Keenum coming back. Minnesota going all the way to Buffalo, playing Buffalo in New York. Who do you have winning, Minnesota or Buffalo Bills? Uh, you know, I saw Kirk Cousins in a video last week. and He put that shit on. Yeah, you know, it. that really is all I'd say. It, give me Buffalo. Yeah, I'm <laughs> – I'm going with Buffalo as well. I don't care if it's Case Keenum, Josh Allen. I think they're they're winning that game. Stephon Diggs finally getting that revenge game. Oh, uh, yeah, he does. Yeah. So And Case Keenum's got connection with him. You know about that Minnesota miracle. So yeah, yeah. I, think, I think regardless, I think Buffalo wins that game. Next game, we have Houston going all the way to New York to play, or New Jersey technically, to play the New York Giants at home. Um, I think this one's pretty easy. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but it looks like the Texans don't want to win based off last week. I think they had a chance last week and gave up. I'm going with the Giants off the bye week. Um, I'm rooting for Houston. Uh, it's a rooting interest because I think the Carolina has no one overall pick at the moment, so I want them to win some games. But I'm going with the New York Giants in this one, unfortunately. All right. And next game, Jacksonville heading down to Missouri to play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Um do we really need to talk about much, or is this a Trevor Lawrence breakout game? Kansas City. I, I just really have much I have to say <laughs> Kansas City. Although, to be fair, I saw Jacksonville beat the Colts 24-0. Then the Colts beat Kansas City. Oh, yeah, shit, man. They might be fucked. No. They we have Kansas be. City winning that game. Uh, and the last 1 o'clock game on this, this week's slate, the New Orleans Saints and Andy Dalton, for some reason, still starting. Heading down to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers at that new newly named stadium. Who do, that, that's what you to me. I couldn't tell you. I I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think they got the best QB uh, in his matchup, and also I don't think Pickett's gonna have a lot of success against the Saints defense. I know the Saints defense has necessarily been what we thought it would be coming into the year, but I still think it's a very talented group. I think that they'll win this one. I agree. I have the Saints as well. Um, next game, 4 o'clock. Colts traveling down to Las Vegas to play Derek Carr and the spicy hot Raiders. They can't lose a game. They're too good. So who do you got winning this game? Both elite teams, in my opinion. So Vegas has lost one, two, three games this year. They're up 17 plus points. There's – there's nothing but my heart telling me Indy's going to win, and I want Indy to lose so bad. It should be an easy game to predict. But for some reason, in the back of my mind, saying to myself, Jeff Saturday is somehow going to get a win his first week and lose the rest of the games. He's going to motivate the team, especially a team that Josh McDaniels backed out a few years ago. And you got a lot of it looks stuff like John Taylor's him. playing. I wouldn't say that. I don't know if he was limited or fully practiced. They said today. I didn't see where it said that. I, I want the first overall pick, so I'm going to go with Vegas. But I, I, I just have something to tell me that he's going to somehow pull this one off. I agree with you, and I'm going with the Colts. I feel like it's going to be a lot of ground and pound between John Taylor, who plays, and Deion Jackson and Zach Moss. 
Uh, I feel like the Colts are going to pull this one out, play play a very patient game and get the dub. Uh, the next game, Arizona division game. Arizona flying to L.A. to play the Rams in L.A. Uh, who do you got winning this one? This is a tough one. Call of Duty Kyler or Cooper Cup? Oh, Call of Duty just came out this week? Came out last week, man, and he's still deep playing okay. Man. I, I think I think he's going to play a little bit too much Call of Duty this week. Uh, <laughs> they, I, I'm going to go with the Rams. The Rams need a very much need to win. I but agree I, with you on that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. Especially if Matt Stafford gets out of concussion protocol. So we're going to go. Oh, yeah. If Stafford's in concussion protocol, I'm changing to Arizona. We will put that in there. We both have the Rams right now, but if Matt Stafford does not play, we both have K1 and Call Call of Duty K1. Next game, Cowboys. McCarthy coming for his revenge on the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Going to Lambeau. Who wins this game? Dallas, I don't really have much to say. Rodgers saying offense looked pretty bad. You don't think Rodgers is going to bounce back? I don't. And by the way, injury reports came out. Taylor was limited. Cool with me. I'd rather have him sit. I have him in fantasy. Cowboys, I agree. Next game, the 8-20 game, the Sunday night football. The Chargers, Austin Eckler and the Bolts traveled a, a little, a little, is it a little lower or a little higher to California? to play San they go up north a little bit, going to play the 49ers in the Bay. Who do you have winning this game, the 49ers defense or the Chargers offense? I got San Francisco. Who's Herbert going to? Me. I'm playing Sunday night. San Francisco by landslide. It's me, Michael Bandy. San Francisco by landslide if you're playing. <laughs> I got the 49ers as well. Don't tell my coach. And last game, Monday night, division game. Because that Eagles schedule is super, super hard. They play another great team in the Washington Commanders. So, I, apparently there's going to be a press conference here today or tomorrow from Washington. Maybe something about a sale of a team. I expect Jeff Bezos to uh, get that team very soon. Taylor Heineke, you know, this could be potentially his last week starting. Because Carson Wentz, hopefully, is going to come back and start for them. That's what you hope, bud. And what better way would it be for Washington to win this game with Taylor Heineke at QB? It's not going to happen because I think it's not impossible. The Eagles are overrated, man. Yeah. And that's going to do it for the predictions. I am pretty confident that I got every single pick right. Pretty confident in that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. But you didn't even ask me. Yes, I have the Eagles as well. But, uh, yeah, that, that about does it, man. That about does it for the weekend. Yeah. That's going to go ahead and do it. I hope you guys did enjoy this podcast. If you guys did, make sure you guys go ahead and leave a like. And if you guys are on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you guys go ahead and follow the five-star rating. In that case, we are out. See you guys. All right. I will.